Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Boyson, the host of Inside Personal Growth. And I want to thank all of my listeners who come from around the world to listen to the words of wisdom from our authors. And I have Faisal Hawk on the line with me. This is uh, my second or third interview with Faisal. And he has uh, written a book with Lydia Dashman. And the book is called Survive to Thrive, 27 Practices for Resilient Entrepreneurs, Innovators, and Leaders. Good day to you, Faisal. How are you doing? Thank you, Greg. I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being on. I will let my listeners know just a tad bit about you. Uh, Faisal is definitely a serial entrepreneur and thought leader. Uh, He's the founder of Shadoka and other companies. Uh, Shadoka enables entrepreneur growth and social impact author of several books, including Everything Connects, How to Transform and Lead in the Age of Creativity, Innovation and Sustainability, which was a McGraw-Hill book in 2014. He's been named one of the top 100 most influential people in technology and one of the top 100 thought leaders. American Management Association named him one of the leaders to watch in 2015. And we will put this link in the blog, but you can uh, find him at FaisalHawk.com. And that's F-A-I-S-A-L-H-O-Q-U-E.com. And that's where you can get more information. Also, this great book, and I will say it's a little book. It's a quick read. It's lots of stories. Uh, There is a Survive to Thrive Resiliency app. And you can get that app at http uh, colon forward slash forward slash app dot survive to thrive dot P-U-B. It's a great little app as well. Well, Faisal, you have been what I would call a serial entrepreneur. I've read your other books. You're also a thought leader, as it said. And you mentioned in the book that to survive and pursue your dreams requires resilience. Tell our listeners a little about your story and how you developed your own resilience muscle. Uh, Well, look, uh, I originally come from uh, Bangladesh. I came to U.S. when I was 17 years old, and then I had to kind of uh, fend for myself. Uh, So I put myself to school by working graveyard shift uh, as a janitor, and then uh, while I was in school, um, developed a product, and that uh, brought me to Connecticut uh, working for Pitney Bowes, and then... um, started uh, to work for Down and Bradstreet, started my first company, um, uh, and then um, merged that with G, worked for G several years, and then started my next company, um, raised some money, uh, didn't get along with the investor, got fired from my own company, and then started the next company, survived 9-11, um, uh, you know, um, shut down and then survived the 2009 uh, financial crisis. Uh, So I've kind of lived around entrepreneurship and resiliency pretty much my very beginning of my career. And along the way, you know, met a lot of people uh, that has gone through different life story, but similar kind of psychological uh, undercurrent or psychological tenant, including my co-author, Lydia Dishman, who has her own stories. So we kind of thought that it's a great topic to talk about because we all have adversity that we need to overcome uh, from various uh, point of view and various uh, walks of life. 
Uh, most definitely. And I think any entrepreneur, and I watched a couple of um, things, you did a Fox interview. Look, a lot of people have given up their regular jobs to become entrepreneurs. Uh, you and I know I'm one myself, serial entrepreneur. It isn't the easiest path in the world. Uh, you do have to build what I would call this resilience muscle. And you mentioned that many of the revered thinkers, such as Buddha, Rumi, Steve Jobs, Paul Coelho, said that the path <clears throat> to an authentic journey is to know yourself and to be guided by this inner voice. And this is the spiritual side of things. How do we discover and be discerning to what you would call this true inner voice? I think, you know, uh, this is perhaps the most difficult thing for anybody to to kind of come to a conclusion. Um, so what happens is that uh, you kind of have to decide what is it that makes you alive or what is that what is it that makes you get up in the morning in terms of your calling. And once you figure that out, uh, then it requires a tremendous amount of devotion and dedication to cultivate it to a uh, whatever that your craft is and once you discover that then no obstacle seems to be a big obstacle because you have your passion and you have your confidence from devoted to your craft so combination of that that's how you discover your calling and that kind of helps you to overcome just about anything mm -hmm. and you do have to listen and and fine tuning for that in Intuition, <clears throat> I think it was Warren Buffett that said most of his biggest business decisions were always based in intuition. And you tell an interesting story about Andy Sack because everybody in, in an entrepreneur thing deals with challenges, whether it's health or it's family or it's money or it's, it's just a numerous amount of things. But in this case, Andy Sachs was about testicular cancer and how he handled the situation. Can you tell the listeners about how Andy learned the message of self-care and self-compassion after this bout with uh, testicular cancer? I think the biggest learning that I took away from his story uh, is the fact that uh, he uh, kind of adopted this notion of uh, uh, really appreciating other people's suffering and other people's struggle uh, in order to put his suffering and struggle in perspective. So this empathy uh, is what got him through the process. And I kind of relate to it, even though I did not have to survive any kind of physical, uh, you know, challenge as he has had. Um, you know, so that, that empathy and uh, empathy for others and, and empathy for yourself is the biggest lesson I learned from his story. Yeah, it was truly a great story. And for my listeners, Survive to Thrive is filled, chock full with these great stories that um, both Lydia and Faisal have pulled together to kind of make up this book and, and then weave lessons in at the end of those stories. And that's always a great way to learn. And I'm, I'm glad that you've done it this way. And you tell another story about Julie Wainwright. Again, I, this goes around the resilience muscle, but when you go, uh, you know, and this, it, the challenge with her was really this, uh, the destiny of results and in our intention, that our spiritual mm -hmm. will, as you said, can be something that drives us to do what seems to be almost impossible. What, in your estimation, is spiritual will, 
And how would you advise the listeners who are listening out there right now to learn how to tune in to the spiritual will? Well, look, I mean, you know, it's just that conversation we just started about that you you have to find your passion and you have to kind of be devoted to your um, craft. And that's how you kind of uh, get up in the morning and do the stuff that you want to do. So the idea of this uh, spiritual um, calling for your destiny, it, it comes from that. And, and, you know, we all, each one of us has a unique journey, and each one of us has a unique uh, calling. And we cannot replicate that with somebody else. You cannot be Steve Jobs. You cannot be Bill Gates. You cannot be you. You cannot be me. You have to be your own person and your own thing. So once you kind of acknowledge and accept that, uh, that's where you can say, oh, look, it's my life, my journey. I have to go through it. I have to make something out of my talent given me or whatever thing that you believe in and cultivate that. And that's what becomes the spiritual intent. And, and once you kind of accept and acknowledge and love that intent, that's where, uh, you know, magic happens. And even though you may have adversity and even may, even you may have uh, struggles or hurdles put in front of you, uh, you overcome that because you are pursuing your destiny. Mm-hmm. And it, it's true. You, you do have to build this uh, strong intuition. You, in my estimation, again, this is from my commentary, um, it's really about developing your spiritual practice as well. I think it's so important along this path to create balance in your life. I think entrepreneurs have a tendency uh, to become very imbalanced. Uh, they're not spending as much time. You know, who are they putting first? Uh, if you believe in God, are you putting a higher power first? Are you putting your family first? Are you putting your business first? And I think most entrepreneurs would probably admit it at many of the highest points in their lives. They probably have put their business first, but at the cost of other things in their lives. Now, you, you speak about repetition and how to develop a habit in our life and choosing mm-hmm. to do the right thing even when you do not feel that it, um, you do not feel like it, but you know it creates good habits. Can you give us some examples in your own life about how you've developed good habits? Uh, sure. I mean, you know, there are very um, – this is – this is with uh, anything, right? So, for example, if you want to have a good uh, exercise regime, you try to go to the gym at the same time and, and repeat certain exercises. Or let's say if you're a musician, you know, you want to uh, practice your music by playing the same note over and over again so that you can get better at it, right? So these are habits, right? And, and what happens is that, you know, I develop certain habits that works for me. So, for example, I'm most productive early in the morning, so I get up very early. I am usually what time up. do you get up? I usually up between 4.30 and 5.30, and that kind of how my day begins. But when I get up, I don't jump into, uh, you know, writing emails and, and getting hopping on the social media. I take that time for myself, and then I spend my time uh, with my son and my, my wife and my family uh, at, at the breakfast table. And then once that's done, then kind of my day begins around 7.30 or 8 o'clock. But that morning time is my time 
wow. connection to myself and my surrounding and my family. Uh, and that what gives me the inspiration for the day. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and that kind of sets the direction for the day. So these kind of little habits, you know, and it, again, it is, uh, uh, it's not that you should follow what I just said. You have to develop whatever suits you, but you've got to have that kind of ritualistic things, and it's consistent every day. It's not like I get up 5.30 in one morning and then go to bed at 1.30 uh, next day and get up at 10 o'clock in the morning. Then you're not being ritualistic, right? So the idea of the ritualistic is being disciplined about a, you know, a particular notion or, or particular uh, process, and you are, you are getting inspiration and energy from the process, not just the outcome of the process. So, so true. And I think that ritual that most entrepreneurs create is so important. And, and you say it right, you know, get enough sleep, uh, pay attention to your health, um, eat right, um, meditate or have some practice to quiet your mind so that you can get focused. All of those things are so, so very important. And Brent Daly learned some lessons at Yahoo. And this particular lesson um, was about, in, in this case in the book you point out, uh, knowing when to quit, identifying your own needs, and, and how to begin to move forward. Can you tell his story real quick and the lessons that you put at the end of the chapter about those three things? Yeah, I mean, you know, see, so entrepreneurs in general uh, has the tendency of uh, hanging on to, uh, uh, you know, things uh, even though it's not, uh, perhaps not working. And in that story, it's not just about, you know, uh, a classic story of, of entrepreneurship. It's You could be working for somebody uh, or you may have a job and you, you still – and it may be not working for you, but you still try to hang on to it. So at certain point, you have to decide what's working and what's not working. And this idea of letting go of your past to get into a, uh, uh, a new path is very difficult for most people because uh, letting go means that you, even though if it's a bad situation, you are comfortable with that situation and you hang on to it, right? And you, you are not letting yourself to be exposed to a, a new situation because you don't know it, so you feel it's uncomfortable, and and you're not letting you're not letting yourself to embrace that new path. So this idea of letting go is another theme uh, that allows you to move on, move forward, and it requires abandoning uh, that emotional ties uh, to a situation that may or may not be working for you, and then exposing yourself to a new situation. Yep, and knowing when to let go is important, and I think that um, we as a species have a tendency to do that. I'm not saying it's just entrepreneurs. It's it's probably everybody, um, but coming up to that point of making that decision. Now, one of the big themes of your book is reinvention, and it's a very nature. It's the essence of resilience mindset, as you say. What advice do you have for the listeners about going through a reinvention process because, uh, you know, I look at you, you've probably reinvented yourself a minimum of 15 times, maybe more. Um, we're always kind of reinventing ourselves, but from somebody who's speaking from experience, what process do you go through? 
You know, uh, so uh, reinvention uh, starts from uh, can start from a couple of point of view. One is that uh, a particular situation happened and you are forced. Like for example, uh, you lost your big customer and your 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 uh, business is going down the drain, or you had a job and you got just laid off, uh, or uh, you got disabled somehow because of your some sort of a physical. Uh, situation. All of this uh, situation can force you to reinvent yourself. Uh, another way of reinventing, which a lot of people call disruption, you, you figure out that, uh, well, whatever I'm doing is not uh, making me happy or whatever I'm doing is not long-lasting or whatever I'm doing is, is not uh, sustainable. Uh, you force yourself to, uh, uh, re, you know, to do something different than what you're doing. Uh, so whether you're uh, uh, forced or whether you're doing it yourself, either scenario, uh, you decided that you need to go to a different chapter of your life. And, and that's when the reinvention begins. And reinvention often comes from uh, its situation, but it also comes from all the experience you gained in your past, uh, you know, journey to to uh, to create the bridge for your next journey. So, for example, if you say, look, look, for example, you know, like two years ago when I started to think about building Shadoka, I was thinking that, look, I've been an entrepreneur all my life, but I haven't really tried to help uh, small business and entrepreneurial ventures and, and, and nonprofit and NGOs. I've always been focused on large companies and, uh, ha- you know, so, so, but I have all these experience in building businesses myself as a, as a, as an entrepreneur, a small business. So that experience kind of triggered me to create this new venture because I, I wanted to have a change. I wanted to take my life to the next chapter. So, your experience is the basis of your new idea, but it's often the situation that forces you to kind of reinvent yourself to the next level. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a interesting journey with these little opportunities to go up the stairs, right? It's kind of like the stairway yeah. of life. And from each one, you learn more and more, and I'd say you become wiser and wiser. And as you apply that mindset and skill set, you're able to make progress. Now, it doesn't always mean financial progress. It just means progress on your own spiritual path most of the time. A lot of times you do make a lot of money, but a lot of times you gain a lot of wisdom. I know a lot of wise people who don't have a lot of money, but I also know a lot of people that have a lot of money that haven't always become extremely wise. Um, So you tell this great story about Anne Grady. Uh, who was faced with challenges with her son's mental illness as well as running her own business. Uh, Her lesson is really about authenticity, being able to rebound from each challenge. What is it about authenticity in your estimation that helps, would help our listeners rebound and how has it helped you in your life? Well, so, so authenticity, uh, you know, is not about, uh, it's not about title. uh, It's not about, social social uh, stature it's not about money it's really uh, about um, you know who you are and what makes you happy and what is it that you want to do and how you want to impact uh, the surroundings uh, your own surroundings once you kind of uh, you know find this inner 
uh, calling of what that is, and then you match it without with your outside environment. That's when you start to live your authentic life or authentic calling, and and you know it changes uh, just like happened in her situation. So, in in my case, um, you know I think each chapter of my life uh, has been authentic for uh, for that particular moment in time by maintaining who exactly I am. And you, you said a few minutes ago that as you, you become wiser and, and you become uh, more grounded and you become more experienced, uh, your authentic calling gets uh, more better as time goes by as you learn from these experiences and you learn what's acceptable and what's not acceptable uh, It's uh, for yourself. And it's goes back to the thing that we talked about repeatedly, loving yourself and, and self-love kind of helps with your authentic uh, uh, calling and authentic life. And so, and if we compromise that, by the way, that's when we become unhappy. We try to live somebody else's life and that's uh, when we become um, unhappy. So, so from that point of view, you know, it, it's very important to, Take the time to think through to to um, you know what is it is is that makes us happy and what is it that we have to go through to find our own own path and try to live an authentic life uh, you know regardless of our current situation and and most successful people uh, become successful because they were not trying to change success because they were trying to live an authentic life and success whatever however you define it, came as a byproduct of that path. And that's true. You find that true about most people is that it is not a byproduct of leading a, a lot of times a humble life, but a life of, uh, of um, spirituality, a life of uh, giving back to others um, is how they get there. Well, Faisal, it's been a pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth and you sharing some of your insights about your new book, Survive to Thrive, 27 Practices of Resilient Entrepreneurs, Innovators, and Leaders, <clears throat> and Lydia Dashman being the co-author of this book. It's always a pleasure having, on, having you on. Blessings to both of you guys for not only writing this book, but I will mention again, there's a free app out there that uh, for my listeners they can get. Um, you can get this for your iPhone and your Android. Um, I presume it's in both. Is that correct, Faisal? Yes. Yes, okay. you, you, it, it runs on any device. So you just go on the on the uh, URL and you start using it. You can sign on with your social account, meaning if you have a Facebook account or a Google account or a Twitter account, you can just sign up with that. Uh, and it's for you. I mean, it's for you, uh, whoever you are. It's your own practice. Uh, you can uh, do those 27 practices that are outlined in the book, and then you can start uh, tracking uh, where uh, you're uh, falling uh, behind or where you're making progress. Uh, so, um, you know, it's a, it's a structure for daily practice. Yep, and they've got a great little screenshot for you at the end of each of these chapters of uh, parts of the, <clears throat> of the app. But I, what I'd recommend is that you guys get on and just download the app um, it's it's easy. It's at uh, app.survive2thrive.pub. Um, go there, pick it up, and uh, start using it. And also, go out and pick up this book. It's a great read. It's an easy read. Uh, opportunity to learn from a lot of stories that Faisal and Lydia have put together in this book. 
um, for you to practice um, some of these 27 uh, lessons that are in the book as well. Well, Faisal, again, thanks so much for being on Inside Personal Growth, sharing some of your wisdom with us uh, today. And uh, for my listeners, again, Survive to Thrive, you can get it at Amazon. I'm sure you can get it at Barnes & Noble. You can download it. I'm sure it's in a, it's also in a Kindle version. So thanks so much, Faisal. Thank you.